Welcome to the Reunion Belleville podcast, a place where everyday people apprentice to Jesus. We're glad you pulled up a seat and we hope that today's lead-in encourages you to take your next step. All right, good morning. For those of us who grew up in church or uh, remember ever going to like YES or Sunday school, do you remember the the little song we used to sing? The B-I-B-L-E. Yeah, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. If you grew up singing that song, uh, it already, as a little kid, started to articulate some common truths that we were taught as children about the Bible. In all these years later, as a crew today gathered around Jesus, uh, we read the Bible. We are pupils who memorize the Bible, and we therefore take the Bible pretty seriously because while Jesus, our rabbi, our teacher, he took the Bible serious. In the recorded conversations we have of Jesus, he quotes the Bible some 76 times. He knew his Bible, and he used his Bible as a means of engaging, inviting, and even challenging his his audience to rethink or to think afresh about their lives with God. The Bible seemed to be an important tool in the life of Jesus, and as his apprentices today, we're called to mimic, uh, mimic our teacher, who too will be invited to see the Bible as such, a tool. Yet for many of us who perhaps grew up in a church who sang that song, who have since joined even this community, giving the Bible to a person to read is a cumbersome, if not dangerous, task because this book raises beautiful and always difficult questions of what is it and how are we supposed to to translate it and to live it out today in a world like ours at the city that we are in at this given time. And so as Anabaptists, I want to tell you a little bit about how we approach the Bible. And of course, we, like many, think we do so because of Jesus. You see, once upon a time, a group of young people attending university, uh, they began reading the Bible and they started to ask each other, aren't we supposed to take this seriously? Aren't we supposed to follow Jesus? Instead of just reading a book and discussing it, aren't we supposed to allow the words of Jesus to guide our lives? And as they began to say yes and to live that Jesus way of life publicly, do you know what people said in response to their teachings and their practices? But the Bible says. But the Bible says. Have you ever heard that response from people? But the Bible says. Maybe you felt incensed or discerned in community that God, for example, was inviting a lady, maybe even some of the ladies in our in our crew right now, to to take on a role of leadership. And maybe you heard somebody say, but the Bible says women can't be teachers. Each year, in each time we discuss our peace teachings, uh, in the peace teachings of Jesus, someone will respond, but the Bible says, when a terrible crime is committed and Jesus calls calls his people to justice and, and grace, someone will say, but the Bible says an eye for an eye. But the Bible says. And so the, so the Bible became this, uh, the center of the populist faith. Soon the Bible was referred to and is still referred to today as the Holy Bible, the Word of God. And so in response, many of us were taught to honor it, protect it, and treat it with reverence and obey it to the letter of the law. 
And from there, we've come up with ideas such as biblical womanhood or biblical manhood. You can have a biblical marriage. You can raise biblical children and, and run biblical businesses that are all defined by a selected group of pages or quotes from Scripture because the Bible says so. And as Anabaptists, we wondered today, as they did back then, is the Bible the center of our faith? Are we called to be biblical or have we been called to follow Jesus? Now, now, don't get me wrong. We love the Bible and we respect the Bible because the Word of God took, took the Bible pretty seriously. Jesus said this, I did not come to abolish the law and the prophets. You see, Jesus is saying, I didn't come to wipe the Bible out and to start fresh. The law and the prophets were given to humanity to both show and direct the world to what it's like to live in relationship with God and others. And the Ten Commandments do exactly that, and the prophets were sent to call us back when we get off track. And Jesus says, I didn't come to abolish them, but I came to fulfill them. In essence, Jesus is saying, what can be read in ink is better witnessed in a person. What God couldn't say, he sent in flesh. Some things are just better experienced. And as Anabaptists, the word of God is not written in ink, but was enfleshed in the incarnate presence of Christ. The Bible says Jesus is the word of God. And that's why we here at Reunion, we say, if you want to know what God has to say, listen to Jesus. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. Hebrews chapter 1, 1 and following says this, Long ago, God spoke many times and in many different ways to our ancestors through the prophets. But listen to verse 2. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance. And through the son, he created the universe. And again, listen. He goes on to say this in verse 3. The son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. This is why we say, if you want to know what God has to say, listen to Jesus. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. In fact, if your image of God doesn't look like Jesus, we believe it doesn't look like God. So we hold fast to our heritage that says, we do not believe in the Bible, we believe in Jesus. We do not worship the Bible, we worship and we follow Jesus. Now again, that doesn't mean we have a lesser view of Scripture. We believe we have a heightened view of Jesus. The Bible does not trump Jesus. The arguments about Jesus can never be answered with, but the Bible says, because Jesus himself comments this in John chapter 5, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me. Wow. Could Jesus be saying, stop looking at the Bible and look at me? Stop arguing about the Bible and listen to me? This is Jesus' explanation of what the Bible is for, to bear witness to Jesus, to draw our attention to Jesus, to lead us towards Jesus. Our Christian scriptures were given to do exactly that, and we believe that the entire breadth of, of scripture from Genesis to Revelation do exactly that. We read the Bible to see ourselves pointed to Jesus. John's famous prologue in his book starts by saying this, in the beginning, the Word already existed. 
The Word was with God and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. But John continues to say this in verse chapter, in verse 6. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Did you notice the pronouns used in reference to the word? The word was God is a he. He is not an it or pages or ink. The word of God isn't written in ink, but was revealed in Christ. To John, Jesus is the word of God that has existed and has been spoken. But in verse 6, he, he puts his attention on John the Baptist because John was sent to draw attention to the word of God to testify about Jesus. John isn't God or the Word of God. John is just a witness, a commercial, an ad, a pace car, or a megaphone. John makes his statement because John the author, sorry, makes this statement because many thought John the Baptist could be the real deal. In fact, later in John chapter 1, his own disciple said, are you God? Are you the Messiah? And he emphatically says, no, no, but I am the voice crying out in the wilderness to prepare your lives because he is coming. Yet people still wondered, is is John the real deal? And so John, the author of this letter or this book, he tells us in this intro what he thinks. John the Baptist is important, but not as important as Jesus. Don't miss the point. Jesus is God. Now today, if John was writing this letter, I think he could alter his message from, from John the Baptist to maybe scripture. Today, some people define their faith by their Bible more than Jesus. Some people reduce Jesus for the sake of uh, heightening Scripture because, after all, the, the Bible says. Jesus may have said this, but the rest of Scripture say that. And I wonder if John would write an entire, uh, would write differently today. I wonder if he could have said in verse 6 that God sent a message the Bible, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe in the word because of the scripture's testimony. The Bible is not the light, but is simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. I don't think it would be far off base for John to look at today's solo scriptural mentality and say, but the Bible says Jesus is the word of God. Jesus is the one you should listen to. And if we don't agree with John, let's flip backwards to Matthew chapter 17, because Jesus, Peter, James, and John have, they've climbed a mountain. This is a big deal. Big things happen on the mountain. God met Moses and started this whole, this whole covenant relationship or continued it on, on the mountain. And all these years later, God is about to finalize it. So up the mountain, the boys go, and as they do, Jesus, his face begins to shine so bright that they can barely look at him. It sounds a lot like Moses, and wouldn't you know it? Moses and Elijah show up. The law and the prophets show up right there on this mountaintop, and Peter, he gets excited. He's got this idea, let's build a temple and set this thing up right. And as he's outlining his business plan for a booming church, a voice cuts him off. Yahweh has an idea. Imagine that. God, God stops you mid-sentence. 
And God says this, this is my dearly beloved son who brings me joy. Listen to him. Now the apprentices, of course, they're terrified and they fall face down on the ground. And when the voice stops and they look up, the law Moses and the prophet Elijah, they're gone. Not because they aren't important, but because they're not as important as Jesus. Those are God's words, not mine. God says, listen to Jesus. Moses and Elijah were messengers. Jesus is my word. And so today at Reunion, we don't argue with Jesus when it comes to Moses. We don't argue with Jesus when it comes to the prophets. Because if you want to know how to love God and love your neighbor, listen to Jesus. If you want to know what this life God has called us to experience is, listen to Jesus. If there's one thing we can never say in response to Jesus, it's this. But the Bible says, because the Bible clearly says that the buck stops right here with Jesus. And so today as Anabaptists, we love the Bible, we respect the Bible, and we take the Bible serious because Jesus did. We will never place scripture above Jesus, and we will certainly never argue our way out of obeying Jesus because the Bible says something somewhere else. We have a canon of scripture that we love from Genesis to Revelation. And here at Reunion as Anabaptists, we have a canon within that, and it starts with Jesus. We believe that the Sermon on the Mount is, is the big deal when it comes to Jesus' interpretation of what his kingdom is and how we're invited to live as a part of his followers, a part of his family, to bring that kingdom forward into our world. And from there, we have the Gospels because that's where Jesus' life, his teachings are really laid out for us. And from there, we go to the New Testament because this is how the early church wrestled through these teachings and experiences to say, okay, this is what it looks like for this kingdom to spread through our lives and into our communities. But of course, we, we love the Old Testament. Of course, we listen until we read and we engage with the Old Testament through the lens of Jesus. And we're going to talk about that specifically next week. How do we read the Old Testament in light of Jesus? But before we get there, as you consider the Bible and its role within your life, how do you respond to our Anabaptist approach to Scripture? What questions, comments, or concerns does it raise? What is God saying to you about the Bible? And this morning, how might you respond? In a few minutes, we're going to get into our breakouts, and we would love for you to engage. And so we want to give you a second to do that. We want to give you a moment to contemplate those questions and to ask so you can come to our breakouts and just engage and wrestle and ask and be curious and even skeptical. And for anybody listening online, we would love for you to do the same. Please don't just listen to this and turn it off and go about your day. We are a practice-based community that believes that we want to follow the words of Jesus by allowing them to affect our lives with others. And so we pray that this lead-in has been helpful in terms of encouraging you and even maybe challenging your apprenticeship to Jesus in regards today to the Bible. We pray that this has been a blessing and we look forward to getting back together in a few minutes to discuss what came out of our breakouts. Thank you for listening to today's lead-in. We pray that you were able to learn something about Jesus today, but equally important, we pray that you sense a step you might take in response. What would it look like for you to live with Jesus today in light of our discussion? You can learn more about our community at www.reunionbelleville.com and we're always here to walk with you.